You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, we journey to the beginning of the marriage of live action and CGI, kinda. But first, Eddie, how's the family doing? Going on with you guys? We're doing well. We are on the eve of a big birthday. Yes. As, uh, as of recording of this, tomorrow is Ellie's birthday. So we were getting all of the decorations and everything in order. And it's it's obvious we have a a raging two year old in the house. <laughs> Just what does uh, what qualifies as a raging two year old? Um, you know, like throwing yourself like across the steps. Yep. Like prolonging yourself and mm-hmm. just crying. Just crying. We, no, nothing's happened. Nothing's gone wrong. We're just going to cry. We're going to whine over something. Um, yeah. And it's the, the past several nights, uh, uh, Ellie and Lewis share a room. And for the past several nap times and even at nighttime, if the one is awake and the other is asleep, they're taking it upon themselves to wake up the other one. Yeah, because you got to have a partner in crime. Um, And there's been several times where like we have a little camera in their room so we can watch from a distance. And, uh, uh, you know, one will be dead asleep on their bed. The other will go over and not just wake them up, but like jump on their bed and wake them up. Um, And then they make so much noise that Asa's right across the way. He wakes up and then we're all, we're all awake. And this is just, we're like night three on this and we're praying night four is any, anything better, but you start to kind of lose it. You start to get a little delusional as a parent and you, You know, you're just you're just tired. And we're like, okay, in 18 years, we'll we'll sleep again. Lewis is. Yeah, we'll kick we'll kick Ace out of the house at 18. And then, boom, finally, we'll sleep in peace again. Lewis is in a big boy bed now, right? And Ellie, we we Ellie's in one, too. Yeah, we transitioned early. So she's got. uh, Is she getting out of the bed then? Not as much. Okay. Um, so we are not above straight out bribing our children, right? That is <laughs> my number one parenting tip to, bribe to new them. parents. Bribe them. Don't be too high. Don't be too high and mighty for that. No. So we have this Disney World popcorn bucket, uh, like reusable popcorn bucket full of dumb, dumb suckers. And so if she goes through the night and she doesn't get out of her bed multiple times, she gets a sucker when she wakes up in the morning. And uh, the first few times that she'd be like, candy, candy, we'd be like, no, you got out of your bed. It was like devastation just fell over her face. Yep. And then slowly she started to realize, I'm not getting out of this bed. I want that little ball of sugar. Our kids haven't taken that well to us trying that. Like M&Ms, they like just say, okay. And they just go on. I'm like, 
this was supposed to work for potty training. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just start end, ending up eating the, the M&Ms ourselves as we cry ourselves to, to sleep at night. We also did, uh, we got Lewis one of his like big favorite toys. I can't remember. It was like a set of monster trucks or whatever. Yeah. And we, we set them on the bookshelf outside of the potty. And then we created a little sticker chart. Yep. And it was like, you have to get so many of these stickers to get that thing. And I, and cause yeah, the candies and stuff didn't work on that level. He was like, shoot, no, but that, okay. Yep. Uh, I'll work for that. I'll, do- uh, I'll do what I got to do. We're doing an Elsa karaoke machine. That's our big prize. What? That's our, that's our big prize for my daughter right now. As she's, I, I want an Elsa karaoke machine. This all- sounds like fun. Don't we all? Every adult wants one of these. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I could really, really, could really, really use that. You know what else every adult would want? What? What? Tell me, Eddie. A free weekend at Disney. Oh, this sounds would great. You, would you this. like a free week weekend at Disney? I would love this. Tell me more. How can I get one? You can get a free weekend at Disney if a Disney cast member destroys your <laughs> wedding proposal. <laughs> That's how you can get a free weekend at Disney. That's amazing. We have so, an update for our for our <laughs> listeners on the con the the proposal controversy. So this comes like this has not died down. This story has not died down. Grown new legs, new legs. Uh, this weekend, it was like featured on the Today Show, which I think Comcast Universal is like, oh, we get to revel in the demise of one of our competitors, Disney. Yep. So let's just rub it in. So they did like this whole story on the couple. Last week's episode, we yep. told the whole uh, the whole story. Um so long as short of it, this couple, the guy tries to propose in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle in Disneyland Paris. Cast member runs in, grabs the ring, ushers them off the stage and doesn't allow them to finish the proposal. It goes viral. Everybody's talking or whatever. So Disney, trying to save face, mm-hmm. reaches out to the couple and says, we're so sorry this happened. We would love to give you a free weekend at any Disney park you choose. That's a that's a pretty that's a pretty nice little gift, right? Okay. Are you staying at the hotel? To, like hotel, everything. That's what I weekend. would imagine. Hmm. Okay. They rejected it. Why? What did they the say? Couple said no, and that's. That's all that I heard in the news report. They did not give any rationale as to why. All I heard was that the couple rejected Disney's offer for a proposal fix. So fascinating. Ooh, there was an apology. Di- oh, no, it was Disney apology. I thought it said the, the employee apologized. And wait a minute, hold up. My mind was, oh, that was the guy who was doing the proposal. My mind was empty. <laughs> Oh, and she said yes. I, people were asking if she said yes. She said yes. She said oh yes. Oh, my goodness. So they, so they said no. They turned it down. Hmm. Accor- according to the Today Show uh, report that I saw, I'll have to double check it and make sure 
or see if they said anything. Oh, this is this is great. This guy should be a writer. He they were they're in a phone interview. They're talking to him. They were perplexed and saddened. Um, and he said, Disneyland stands for dreams. Our moment was destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is great. Perfect. That's perfect. That's what I want to hear. If you're this guy's milking it. He's milking it for all it's worth. This is great. I'm loving this. Oh, I would. Are you kidding me? I, uh, I honestly, I thought a weekend at Disney. Come on, like you just run. Give these people a storybook wedding in front of the castle, then pay for them to take a honeymoon on a Disney cruise ship through the Mediterranean or something. Like, come on, like pull out the stops, fix this, give them something amazing. I would have said no to a weekend and be like, what What better thing could you do? I don't want to visit Disneyland anymore. They can't give us the moment back. And that's the only thing I want to get a second chance. Bro, this guy has taken it. He's he's taken it to a whole nother level. Wow. This is this is some strong. This is the New York Times. <laughs> they interviewed this guy. <laughs> we have elevated beyond like just fanboy like. This is sure. a, this is insider baseball for us right here. Like yes, yes. this is stuff we just eat up. But the fact that the New York Times is now reaching out to this guy just shows you how devastating of an event this was that we it just ripples across America. But can you imagine like we've both gone through quite elaborate proposals like to have that interrupted, just some random guy, especially after you got approval, like you got. You did what you were supposed to do. I will say this is probably a good time to tell. I don't know if I told my engagement story before on the podcast, but I took my wife down to my then uh, girlfriend down to the ocean uh, in California. It was right on the rocks in Orange County area. And we're having this like magical moment and we're just sitting there and I just lean to her and I say, and I'm like getting the, getting the ring ready in my hand. And I say, this, this this moment is so beautiful. Anything that would make it even better. And she said, if we were at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, then after I was a little trying to hold myself back from yelling or screaming, I said, well, I think I can do one better. And then got down on one knee and uh, proposed to her. And she was, she was happy with that. She was very happy with that. But yeah, there's a part of me that's like, you know what? The fact that someone else's proposal got ruined at Disneyland gives me just like, <laughs> Two percent, maybe one percent happiness. But after that, this guy, kudos to this guy. Doing. He's living. He's Ante or whatever his name is. My mind was empty. They can't give me back the moment. This is where dreams are made, and my dream was shattered. Like, well done, sir. You should, you should get all all the things coming to you because I'm sure they're going to try to make it up to you as much as they can. I can't imagine. Like, it still, yeah, it baffles me that it happened. But just a weekend, like, come on. You spoiled this, like, the second biggest event, more or less, you know? Like, yeah. You, you, I think I said it last week. Like, these people are getting a Disney wedding. You know, that this is, like, the only fix is if you get the full kit and caboodle. But a weekend, come on. Yes. But nonetheless, this is this is the Disney we have right now. They are not going above and beyond like they used to. So many things are just not just not what they used to be, including some of their entertainment executives. You shared this story with me 
when the news broke late last yeah. week. Yeah, so there's been yeah, a shakeup inside of Disney Entertainment, and let's just say this: I, I've got one of my coworkers at work, huge Stan against Bob, uh, whatever the opposite of Stan is, whatever like an anti-Stan is. That's what my uh, coworker Eleni is. She hates Bob Chapek with a with a burning passion from his days working at um with the way he's handled the parks and stuff before he took over as uh disney ceo yeah and this the moment i saw this i, I forwarded it directly to you and then i sent it to her so evidently bob chapek was feeling a little bit of the heat from another rival executive inside his own company Peter rice who is the who was the chairman of disney's entertainment and programming uh, Hollywood reporters reporting that uh, he is exiting the company, and it's pretty obvious that Chapek just basically saw him rising up the ranks, and uh, he came over from Fox from the merger. So unlike Chapek, who had been there for many, many, many years, uh, Peter Rice hadn't been there for very long, and he told him, he said, it says that they told Rice that he was not a fit in the new Disney culture. What? Does any, I don't even know what that means. Whatever that means, the new Disney culture. Um, and uh, he said, he basically was like, well, what do you mean by that? And uh, Chapek just responded, now is not the time and dismissed. This is so petty. <laughs> this is so petty. Apparently, Peter Rice was one of the ones that people were considering, hey, maybe he's going to take over for Iger after he leaves. And then they went with Chapek to a lot of people's chagrin. So it's got to be one of those things where Chapek like knows that this was the second guy and he barely beat him out. And now he's yeah. like feeling the, uh, I need to reclaim my territory or. So he, he did this shortly after passing a vote of no confidence by the vote, by the board. Whoa. So the board of directors over last weekend had a vote of like confidence, no confidence. And apparently like he passed it. Chapek passed it. And I want to say like by like a unanimous, like it was a really, wow. uh, it was really strong. Like the board supported him. Um, and so I think he felt a little newfound uh, gumption or mandate to be able to kind of, okay, everybody's complaining about me. But at the end of the day, He's stuffing everybody's pockets full of money because he's cut, cutting corners here, there, and everywhere. That's part of the, that's part of the reason why nobody's ever liked him in the parks. It's because he's slowly, you know, eroding the the park experience. Um, and so he fires this guy. And I think it's worth noting, you know, the last two CEOs, uh, Iger and Eisner both came out of the production entertainment side of the industry. Yeah. Uh, Eisner came over from U Universal Studios or Paramount. I can't remember. Uh, and then, of course, Iger rose up through uh, Cap City, ABC, and all of those production side of things. So Chapek is an outlier coming out of the park side of things. Um, he does. This is why he, you know, uh, fumbled the whole Scarlett Johansson thing and, oh, yeah. you know, and other things as he just doesn't know how to deal with the entertainment industry. And yeah. Well, did, didn't, we, we didn't we say that Chapek uh, initially was a part of the, the direct to consumer direct to consumer product. So he's got some, uh, some chops in there, but 
it's not good chops. <laughs> it's from yeah. the times where we were just putting out, oh, this is the worst content. Let's just get it onto and onto DVD and VHS as soon as possible. Some of our worst reviewed films are probably ones that he greenlit. Oh, and goodness. somehow, and we've cut out most direct to DVD. Yeah. We did not consider those a part of the Disney, you know. But we have, but whatever. we have received all the ones that were supposed to go to DVD, and then some. Yeah, of those like lives. last week's. Last week's the Tigger movie was supposed Tigger to movie. go direct to DVD, and they pulled it into theaters at the last minute. But who knows? Speaking of entertainment things being released, we had two new things hit uh, on Disney Plus. Two big things. Uh, first of which was Miss Marvel. Have you had a chance to watch the first episode? I have. I've watched the first uh, episode, gave that a run. Uh, my wife is not excited, so I watched that myself. Yeah, we watched it together and we were like, okay, I, I think we kept going, oh, this is an interesting style. You know, it's very stylized. The extra stuff, not the main storyline, yeah. all the like uh, showing what they're texting and the uh, yeah. all, all of the stuff on the walls and the paintings and uh, some of the That's camera fun. angles and stuff. It was the fun. It was the flourishes. The flourishes were great. The storyline, I feel like I'm watching Marvel's version of a Disney Channel TV show. You said it, not me. Uh, the the thing that really irks me is you can, the first moment this movie is like just going, you can tell that this actress is not your normal actress. There's something there's something a little bit off there and then you find and then I found out it's because she has almost she has no TV movie any major experience whatsoever. She has a high school theater background and was pulled out for like she had just graduated high school sent in a, a, in, a, in an audition I think through WhatsApp, someone sent her the audition stuff through WhatsApp and they picked her because she was a mega fan of Marvel and they wanted to bring that natural like desire to the screen, which kind of plays in there. But she's she it crosses the line for me when it's it's like when people are like I want a movie that's kind of slice of life. I don't want that. I want it to be. I want there to be good action, good actors, good like quality storytelling. Cut out the fluff. Get me to the story. Get me to whatever we're needing. And this felt in that same level of they tried to get too cute and getting a almost method, but not being a method not in the normal sense. They they tried to get an actual teenager, high schooler that doesn't act very much, hasn't acted much to play a kind of awkward character. And I'm I'm really worried. I'm 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 pretty worried about the the rest of this. And I know she's going to play into um, some of the other uh, potential series of like um, some of the younger Marvel characters and stuff. So I I'm 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 pretty nervous about the rest of this series. The other thing that dropped was a Buzz Lightyear documentary about a forty minute documentary. Yeah, tell me about it. I didn't I didn't um, even watch it yet. Uh, you need to, because it is classic, like, inside look into Pixar, which hmm. give me as much of that as you possibly can. I'll take it all day. Great little um, one-to-one interviews with P. 
Pete Doctor, Andrew Stanton, even uh, Ulrich comes back for an wow. interview. So like some of your OG animators from the original Toy Story who have now risen the ranks of Pixar. Um, and yeah, just absolutely loved it. If you haven't, you, you need to watch it. It's it's a lot of fun. What's interesting in this, though, and I don't know if you saw, there's some things going around Twitter uh, with Chris Evans trying to explain what the movie is and then confusing everybody. <laughs> Did you see this? No. So he's so and so and then this comes out and there's just like all of these moments of like we take 10 minutes to explain what this movie is. And it makes me wonder, is Disney terrified that people are so confused about what this movie is? Like, is it a remake of Toy Story? What is it that people just aren't going to go see it? Um, And so they go on and on about how this is the movie that Andy and his friends went and saw that made them want the Buzz Lightyear toy. Yeah. But it took them 10 minutes to get to that explanation. It's kind of like your explanation of soul that was better than the movie. Like this, <laughs> it's the reverse. It's their explanation it's the of what the movie is. Eddie's, Eddie's version of the, no, actually it's the same thing. Eddie's version of what they were trying to say is better than what they were trying to say. <laughs> But I was just laughing so hard where it's like, you are working so hard to explain this. Like, are you, do you think people are dumb? Like, do you think they're not going to be able to track with you and go, oh, okay, yeah, it's the movie that the kids went and saw that made them want the action figure. What was he trying harder to do? Was Chris Evans, did he do a harder time trying to explain himself what that movie is about or harder time to explain that he wasn't photoshopped in that photo of him at Disneyland. Yes. Have you seen that where he's yes. like standing at Disneyland very awkwardly and, and it looks like he's photoshopped in there and he wasn't really there. He's like, no, I seriously was there. <laughs> so what he, people have done is now like gone back to like pictures of him on every red ca- carpet. And he does the same pose on Mm -hmm. every single thing like he's like no i'm just really disciplined i do the same pose at everything so now everybody is taking that and um, photoshopping them in different places photoshopping it into everything else because this is what the internet's for this is the this is why we have the internet it's great yes i love the internet for this very exact reason i I do know i'm trying to find i know of another um famous person that specifically does that exact pose where it's like cordial but hand in the hand in in the uh in his in their pockets so that they don't have to worry about the awkward like am i gonna hug you right now my my arm around and then you start it's just in the time and age we're in right now something can get misstrewn so they hand in the pockets comfortable ready there but not not like embracing other people and stuff like that. So you can maybe see where he's coming from. But still, the fact that you have the exact same pose every single time, little. I'm trying want, to find no. his original tweet where he tried to explain the movie. Tried to explain and himself. Conf- and he, he confused everybody about what the movie is. And then this documentary drops and I'm like, okay, I think we're trying Eddie, to make Eddie, sure ta- that this is it. You talking about a documentary about the inside of... Pixar just makes me want to go find that YouTube video of a day in the life that is amazing. The day in the I life. have 
I've watched that at least a half a dozen times. So good, right? So good. When you so like, good. you you see like see him getting to the limo, watching dailies, and they go, and it's all like during Cars Two, I think. Two. Oh, so good. May he rest in peace. But you know what? I I but I enjoyed the Pixar story as well. I just watched that again uh, right before we did Toy Story Two, and that's another kind of great deep dive into all of that. So. Those are good. Well, that's your Disney news. That's all we got. We're gonna we're getting pretty close to Obi Wan being done, so we're gonna have to do a Obi Wan full episode on Obi Wan here in the next couple of weeks. We got as you're listening to this today, episode five should be dropping. So only one more episode to go, but so probably in a couple of weeks here we'll do our Obi Wan episode. But today got another. CGI film is a CGI is a live animation. We're going to get into a lot more of that as we talked about in the opener. Uh, but today we've got, uh, we're going to be talking about the 2000 movie called simply dinosaur. Cue the Disney sound effect. Okay. IMDB for dinosaur. Not the dinosaur, not dinosaurs, just dinosaur. Dinosaur. And not to be confused with the good dinosaur. Not to be, or, or Land Before Time, just. Or Jurassic Park. Or Jurassic Park. Or, or Jurassic, Jurassic World. Park. <laughs> Jurassic World. <laughs> All the things. This is just, dino, just dinosaur. Not even just dinosaur. It's dinosaur. dinosaur. Okay, we've beaten this into the ground. Okay. An orphan dinosaur raised by lemurs joins an arduous trek, joins an arduous trek to a sanctuary after a meteorite shower destroys his family home. Does it give us everything? Yes. Sorry. I got uh, tripped up on meteorite shower. Meteorite shower. I've never, I've always heard that it is a meteor shower. What? Eddie, educate our fans because they I now I know the difference between a meteor and a meteorite, but so that they know what is the difference being that you're um, basically from NASA yourself from all the time you've spent researching them. What is the difference between a meteor and a meteorite? Are they cousins? Is one male, one's female? Like, tell me, tell me more about this. So. In essence, a meteoroid uh, is when it is outside of the Earth's atmosphere. Meteorite is when it's inside the Earth's atmosphere because that atmosphere will break it apart. So meteorite, it's smaller. Right? Um, kind of means that it's broken down to a smaller size. Um but usually we just say meteor. That's the category of both uh, a meteor shower. When we're speaking of like there's regular meteor showers that happens uh, out there. But I'm also held up on this because, yeah, well, let's just begin there with this whole thing, because I was confused. I thought when you're watching it, that's not a meteorite like that is an asteroid it's the earth it's large it creates like a nuclear explosion um and then they all survived it so i was like hold on wait where where they are were small we? pieces they were small pieces 
But then there's like the giant one. You know what there's I'm talking about? One, yeah. There's like the big one that comes down and there's an like an obvious nuclear explosion, shock waves, everything, tsunami. But they, they survived just had to get to all. the other side. They just had to get to the other side. So I'm I'm you, you see what I'm saying though? I'm like confused. Okay, if you're gonna make a story about dinosaurs and you have that moment in that, I'm assuming you're gonna be it somehow has to do with like the end of the end of all things, like of the Ice dinosaurs, Age. like Ice Age. Yeah, or I mean, the good Which dinosaur this, this all, this opens with the asteroid. The good dinosaur opens with the with the asteroid missing the Earth, and that's yeah, the, that's the oh, joke. Okay, that's, the okay, that's the setup. Yeah. So with this, you have it land, but nothing really happens. Am I? You weren't confused by this. It's at very, all. it's very isolated, and then we kind of move on. It's it's yes. just. It, it it's not as impactful Whoa. as a meteorite hitting Earth in most films would bro be. Bri, bro Bri would be so proud of you it, right it, now. It's just the agent to get them away from their home and and to really like it it it, it ended the lot like it made them homeless. So and they lost a lot of their family and their and their other lemur fam lemurs in their in their group. And so there is that is that inciting incident, not in the sense of like setting them off into now they like have to survive because of the meteorite, but it's like they've lost their home and now they are nomads trying to find a new home. Right. Right. But let's just be let's just be very clear. That was not a meteorite. That was an asteroid. A meteorite implies it's small that it is an asteroid implies that it is is large and huge like um, we yeah. all we all watch deep impact well it is it is deep and, impact and level and and deep impact they're not like oh a meteorite is going to hit the earth no they're like an asteroid's going to destroy everything if an asteroid touches the earth we all die is what i know from all yes. all of those movies of your the director whose name i can't remember that you love that's what we Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. An, that will be our next podcast is a Roland Emmerich podcast. Appreciate appreciate Stan podcast. Yes. yes. Moonfall was that the was that the one that just came out? I haven't seen it. Eddie, I am so disappointed in you. I couldn't who, who get are to, you? I that was when I couldn't go to theaters here. Like it came out like right as soon as I moved here and I couldn't go to I'm theaters. I'm going to buy you a copy and send it to you cuz uh, you need to or, have Tell me where I can stream this thing because I want to see it so bad. The moonfall. Moonfall. But anywho, uh, yeah, asteroid. This was an asteroid that hit it and it should have should have just destroyed everything. You are Crazy. not wrong. You are not wrong. So this movie starts and I got to say the first act, I'm barely hanging in there. I'm like, what is going on? The CGI Which, the, yeah, is can, a little Can we weird. park there for a second? This well, So you are correct. You 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 are great putting that in there because I wanted to talk about that. This feels like the very first attempt to put not not like Roger Rabbit in live action, like the, where they're not even trying, but like try to be somewhat photorealistic inside of live action. What are they stuff. trying to do? Are are they trying to pass this CGI off as lifelike? I think they were or trying to. Or are they to. trying to do 
more on the animated side of things. No, I think they were trying just bad. Like this was the first attempt. Honestly, I, I, so uh, the first act and so much of it is set on real landscapes with CGI characters on it. And, and you're just struggling to, to believe it. Right. And I want to say by the time we're switching into the second act, my brain just kind of converts and just goes, it catches this up. is this is I stopped trying to think of it as like real life CGI and just go. This is an animated movie. This yep. is just an this is just like uh, Tarzan or Monsters, Inc. or whatever you want to say. My brain this did the is same animated. thing. That's so weird. I thought I was having my own experience of like really struggling for the first little bit because the animation was so bad, like so, so weird yeah and it wasn't it wasn't I, good and enough. i wonder he, here's here's my thought they kind of got away with the dinosaurs right the dinosaurs were okay with their cgi the lemurs are freaky the the dad the the father lemur man just uh, not and the whole first Yar, act is, is. Yep. i can't pronounce anybody's names Yar. in this movie that that's the other thing is like what what was his name again can so you say it for me again <laughs> We, no, repeat it one more time. Was yeah. that a vowel or is that, that a vowel? Oh no, okay. Cleo, Zini, Yar, Yar is <laughs> Yar is the 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 father, the father lemur, the father lemur. Yeah, I. So the whole first act is just all the lemurs and this the main character dinosaur. Um, and I just we actually turned it off, and Sarah just goes, "Can you just watch this one on your own?" <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then like today I was watching it on my iPad and she walks in and I was like, you know, this isn't as bad as we thought it was. And she goes, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know. Like it, the story just picked up in the second act and I stopped trying to see this as life. real life. Mm-hmm. I just, Mm -hmm. uh, this is an animated movie. You know where it picked up for me? The mini raptors. Yes! The mini raptors, when they they come in. We should have watched this together. Because we are having the exact same beat for beat. It's so weird. the, the, The mini raptors coming in. And the lemur cry, the 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 lemur crying, like something about when they lose when the combination of those things happening i i just i i was emotionally invested i became yes. emotionally invested as there because they've got the whole level like we're just trying to keep up they kind of just get um and they're just trying to survive so that 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 survival instinct is coming in for these for these dinosaurs um something clicked for me and i was just like okay i'm into this i don't know what yeah. what i've just entered into the the Prancing around Lemur Town was like was okay, and there was definitely some moments inside of there where the one guy's like trying to look up, trying to do his own pickup lines, and then you've got the um, sister and the father telling like, "Don't don't fall the for the first black backflip you see, keep them guessing." And then it's like, if the backflip doesn't work, guess. <laughs> like there was, it started laying the seeds inside of there. Then the asteroid comes; it's kind of chaos. Then they get out of that, and that's when they're finally able to breathe, like on the other side. And then the raptors come, and then it sing. It makes it a very singular. Okay, now we've got something to well, live then we for. Had, 
we had and we had pacing like yeah. ever as soon as you hit that moment boom there's a compelling need and why we know what the story is what they're trying to do there's great protagonist coming in mm-hmm. you know you've got three different protagonists from the different kind of bad guys um antagonists yeah Sorry, antagonist. With, with, so you got Kron, um, you've got Brutus, then you've got the Carnotaurs that are that yeah. are kind of cha- kind of plotting behind them. Like, when are they going to catch up? Yeah, no, they did a good job with giving unique characters to the yeah. different dinosaurs to the older the older dinosaurs, which you feel for them. And then I that's your- loved the old dinosaurs mm-hmm. too. Like, you got some great voice actresses to do those. Um, Della Reese, she'd been in a lot of things. She was the really tall, um, oh, sorry, Joan Plawright is who I was first thinking of, the bronchiositis. But both of them were, were fantastic, kind of old school um, uh, voice actresses there. And I, lo- I loved what they did with Aladar's character because he's the same dinosaur as the rest of them while everybody else is caught. I, I just loved the underlying message of this film. We yeah. got the all the other dinosaurs just trying to live, trying to live for themselves, and just trying to not die here in their on their trek to their new homeland. And you got Aladar like, no, we gotta. What about the old ones? What about these guys? We gotta take care of them, and nobody's falling through. He's and he com- gets a compassionate. He's compassionate. a compassionate, but a leader. He's a good still, dinosaur. Like a de- he's a good he's dinosaur. A- <laughs> no, I, a, I'm right there with leader. you. There's a lot of leadership things in here, Eddie. <laughs> a lot of leadership things in here. You can um, submit the analogy to entree leadership. I should. They will take this. Um, No, I'm right there with you. I like the message in that, okay, we see a strong, determined leader who is still compassionate and caring. Um, He's fighting survival of the fittest for the good of of his fellow men. And ends up leading in a better way through a better you know route um than the you know the other guy who's you know super determined to be mean and just leave the the old people behind yep when you get the turn when he figures out how to do the water how to get the water out of the ground and then all the dinosaurs rush in and you see cron like making shove everybody, everybody out shove everybody out of the way you get that dichotomy right there this has got this. This had a solid story, solid moral to it. Solid, like I was just sitting there going, like I was not expecting this at all, especially in the first third of this film, to find myself so wrapped up inside of this, inside of the storyline and the characters. I this is so crazy. I was feeling the exact same thing, and then as I'm sitting here, just kind of thinking through it all, I'm like. JB's going to roast me for this. He's just going to be like all over me because I found. <laughs> You know, it, it it is an enjoyable film. I was there with you, man. I, I the the honestly, when they're inside the cave and they get to the wall yeah. and they can't get out and they can't get through, he gives up, and that dinosaur says, uh, "I choose not to die here." And they start pushing on the wall. Yeah, Aladar starts pushing on the wall. I'm just I'm in there. I'm in. I'm like I was committed. I. Because he had just had the moment where he's like, maybe we aren't meant to survive. And they're like, I'm choose not to die here. And they're pushing and they're going. And then they get through. And then he goes, oh, no, the other won't be able to make it here. I got to go back and get them. I'm like, this is basically like Braveheart level. What's going on? Like 
all of the all of the whatever World War II movies or whatever. I'm gonna go back and and get my fellow soldiers, and then he pushes back the like. I'm in. I was in that whole, especially the half to the end was just like, yes. It so was after so I had told Sarah, actually, I think this was better than we first realized. She had walked out of the room. Then she'd come back in around that time. Yep. And starts like talking to me and like sharing. And I'm like, I'm glued. And she's like, All right, did you, did you hear me? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> this I, got good. <laughs> This guy, I need to finish this. <laughs> and she's like, are you serious? I was like, yes. I, is this important? Like, do we need to talk about this right now? She's like, no, no, we don't. I just figured this wasn't that as interesting. I'm like, it is. I, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you as soon as it's over. <laughs> we, we, we skipped over one of the big moments, though, is Brutus. His, his yes. turn, his character development, um, where they save his life and get him into the cave. And then he then in turn saves them. Great moment. Loved it. Yeah. Um, and then even the ending of this where Kron finally gets his kind of come up and said at the end. But while Aladar is doing his best to help save him and just can't quite can't get do there, it. can't do it fi- quite fast enough. But you're like, you know what? He gave it. He gave it his all. That whole finals fight sequence was, yeah, it was tense. I was like on the edge of my seat the whole way through it. It was good. You know what else is perfect about this film, Eddie? I know you're going to appreciate it. Please, this. please say the score. Please say the score. You Okay, so you go with the score then. Go tell oh. us about the score. Tell us about the no, score. No, what were you going to say? I was going to say first. the length of this film was perfect. Perfect. It was chef's kiss perfect. I, I left going like, this we is got our ESPN back today. Yes. This this is it took us a little bit. Tarzan threw us off for like 7 weeks, true. but now we're back. <laughs> it was the perfect length of this film. When I looked up and said, "I think it should be done." It was credits. I was like, "That what just happened here?" Well, and even that closing sequence with all the new babies being, you know, coming yep. out of their mm-hmm. shells or whatever. So many movies drag that moment out just to like, look at the cute. Oh, uh, uh. and this was just like, boom, show me what I needed to know that everything was okay. And then roll credits. I didn't need this to be super dragged out. I just wish somebody would go back, fix that first act. Redo, redo, redo that. And and maybe it's just as little as like, just do a little bit better with CGI on those lemurs because they're just freaking me out. We need version 2.0 of the lemurs. Yeah. But otherwise, great story, solid. And like I uh, couldn't contain myself, James Newton Howard, first score for a Disney movie. He's going to go on and do... Uh, Atlantis, Treasure Planet. He just recently did Ryan, The Last Dragon. All of those are on our regular listen list. I've never listened to this before because I always just thought, and eh, that, that doesn't look like that great of a movie. I doubt it's that great of a score. But I really loved the score. Like now it's going into the, the playlist rotation. Nice. You don't care about the the scores as much as I do. So I why 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 didn't I listen to the score? I I wasn't I couldn't listen to it very well. There you go. So that's why I didn't. I think I think what happened was 
I can't remember if I had one earbud in or what I was watching mm. this on the couch while my kids were also watching something else on the on the big TV. So I wasn't able to take it in all the way and I kind of had it low on the screen. So I wasn't I got the story and I got the the it's I still I still felt it, but I I couldn't get the nuances of like all the score. That's why it was different for me. If you need some soundtrack listening sometime this week while you're working on turn on dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like playing scores in the background while I'm studying or working. And, uh, uh, this will, this will go into that rotation. It was, it was a good one. I discovered something very interesting that just surprised me in all of this. Did you see that this was the fifth highest grossing film of the year 2000? What? Wow. So this this was just also this was the most expensive movie made in 2000. I believe it. Its budget uh, was and this is comical to laugh at, right? Just 2000. They were such little kids back then. One hundred and twenty seven point five million dollars. That goes through the roof the like five years later. But um, yes, it was the fifth highest grossing film. Wow. Uh, it, I know you're going to ask me, so I pulled up the full list. What okay. was the what was the highest grossing film of the year 2000? It was Mission Impossible 2. Some some more some more love for Tom Cruise there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gladiator was number two. Number three was Castaway. Number four was What Women Want. Number a five rom-com. is a rom com. Yeah. Number five was Dinosaur. So what did Dinosaur beat out? I know that was going to be your next question. So I also had that information ready to go for you. How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. Yeah. No, that was like the number one movie. uh, Well, you got to remember how the Grinch came out at the end of 2000. So probably continued on. But How the Grinch Stole Christmas made $345 million dollars that year and dinosaur made 349 million that year Hmm. but just wait there's more that it beats out and you're going to be really shocked by this meet the parents Hmm. the perfect storm x-men wow x-men is number nine x-men movies have never made a ton of money from the box office they've always been a step lower than all the Marvel films, Star Wars films, and stuff like that. I don't know what it is. People don't yeah. care for X-Men quite as much. It's like the... And if uh, I know our listeners are astute, they realize I just only listed nine movies. So just to round out, what were the top ten? What Lies Beneath was the mm. tenth highest grossing film, which was made simultaneously with Castaway. Did you ever know that story? Didn't, didn't, didn't know that. They filmed Fat Tom Hanks, and then they took a year off. And during that year off, while he was losing weight, they filmed What Lies Beneath. And so Robert Zemeckis released two movies in the same year because of that. That's right. I remember listening to him talk about that. They kept the same crew, everything together. The same, everybody, and the only switch out was the actors. And that's that's how they could give Tom Hanks a whole year to lose weight but this dinosaur fifth highest grossing film of 2000 that blew me away i don't remember i i'd never seen this before i'd never seen this movie before this moment like i said i watched it this weekend and i'm like how did i 
How did, how did, well, I wasn't going to theaters at that time. Like, I'm just wondering how I didn't watch this on DVD or anything. I know that 2000, we're, it's probably because it's 2000 and we're starting to get into junior high and we're starting to like yeah, outgrow. We're, we're too cool for school. Too cool for school. Yep. Although we did watch all the Pixar films that came out. Still made, still made room for that. This, this. So did you know though that this got its own ride at a Disney park? It did? Kind of did. So what 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 ride did yeah. it get? A dinosaur. Um, it is at Disney's Animal Kingdom in Walt Disney World. They it was originally Countdown to Extinction. So imagine we take the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. Okay. We transport it over to Orlando. We strip out all of Indiana Jones. And it's that you've traveled back in time. Your car is a time rover and you go back in time and you are there right before the asteroid hits. And what they did is they inserted the Iguanodon. His name is you remembered their names better than I did. Iguanodon. Yeah, what's it? Ar, Ar, no, I want to say Aladar. Ar, that's not Aladar. Aladar. He's in it. And then what are the other the carnivorous dinosaurs that are hunting them? The carnivores. I just called them. Oh, um, carnivores. Carnivores. That is in there as well. And then outside the ride, there is a large um, statue of Aladar. So is it still there, or did they take it down and replace it? It's with still else? there. Okay. It's still there. So you don't, there's no reference to the movie. It's just that they used Aladar and the Carnotaur. So what's the name of this ride again? Dinosaur. They said it wasn't named it. But. You should look up a POV ride through on YouTube. Oh, I'm going to tune you out and just watch this the rest of the, uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I do, I do have it up here now, just ready to ready to go, and I, I am gonna watch it once this is once once we're done here. Maybe Eddie, we we unearthed a really a really good movie here, like an, a, a surprising film. I was not yes. I was I was not expecting this to be a good experience, and so it throws me for a loop. I've I've wrestled and I've struggled with what do I want to rate it because at the end yeah. of the day this. This is not like the greatest movie Disney's ever come out with. I think I give it even more favorable because it surprised me so much. Yes. But I'm I'm still kind of uh on the fence on what I want to give it. Rating-wise, do you, do you have a strong sense of what you want to rate it? I I really that second and third act were really strong and the writing on this the was really good. It had some great one-liners that I feel like I need to put up on my wall at my desk that were just like strong, uh, strong walls. I want my kids to watch this and feel it. Like, so it's hard because that first little bit wasn't great, but it did have some nuggets that kind of set it up. I'm, I'm favorable to this. And I honestly would watch this again. I'm having a hard time not giving it at least a two and a half. I'm starting to get, I almost, I really want to see what I rank some other films so I don't put it like above or below something, something else. But it's so, ba- it's, it, it is a basic film. Like it's, 
There's not like a bunch of crazy things that happen in here. Man, uh, I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave it at two and a half. I think that's, I think it's, and because I wanted to give it a one now at two and a half, I'm going to say two and a half. So what's really funny is I was thinking two and a half. That was kind of like what I was leaning towards. And then as you were giving your description, you bumped it I, up. I, you were, yeah, I thought you were going to go higher. I thought you were going to go three and I'm like, he's going to say three. He's going to say three. I would go with three. Yeah. Yeah. I would say three. I would say three. So you're going <laughs> two and a half or three. That's my whole, my whole uh, inner dialogue. I think I'm going to stay with you on this one and say two and a half. That's kind of what I was feeling going into this. Um, uh, yeah. Two and a half. Definitely going to watch this again and finish it with the kids. Um, Cause I think, yeah, I think this will be good for them to see. That was fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that experience and I, I'd be, I'd be I, down for it again if it, if it was turned on. This was fun because we were surprised by it. I think most of the times when it's like one of these films that we haven't seen or we don't know as well, there's a reason why we don't. Um, and we end up just like crawling our way through that movie, oh, trying to finish yeah, it. For we've had so many of them. So many bad ones. And this one was like, oh, whoa, okay. Why haven't I not heard of this one? This one's is actually really, really fun. I put this so. in the same range as Pocahontas. I'm glad I didn't give it more because I still feel like I'd rather watch Pocahontas than this. Yeah, I'm right there uh, with you on that one. That was kind of the benchmark I was feeling it off of. Yeah. But with that, your life has now been forever changed by another episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review or share it with your best friend. You can also check us out at honeywemade.com. You can see our full movie list. You hear, you heard us reference our rankings for other movies. You can go see those, listen to those episodes as we continue to go through all of the Disney movies from 1988 to 2005, including next week's episode when we review Disney's The Kid. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's your choice, not your fate.